how do you get started? I don't know. I think I was giving a bumbling answer, but no, it's good. I don't. I think. I think the thing. The tricky thing is there's not one route. I think getting some experience, volunteering or working with people, just honing those skills as a grower is gold. You know, being actually a good producer will stand you in good stead. But um, yeah, access to land is a recognized issue and yeah yes it's getting harder to get hold of now yeah um yeah. so you did well to get it yeah. and then um in these first years of starting up what's what's it like um i guess you've got a business plan so um what's the return like against your investment will it take quite a few years i know it's not about money but will you is it something that um is gonna be successful um, not just for growing, but also just to support you as a family. Oh, I hope so. We, we we've we've um. That's our plan. We've sort of thrown everything into this, um. And our plan is to live. You know, we've moved on a couple of moved on to the farm in a small cabin a couple of months ago, and our plan is just to make it work. You know. Which would take a lot of hard, it's hard. It's not like being a tradesperson where you can charge two, three hundred pounds a day and, you know, expect that, request that or not turn up, you know, and the work's there. You know, you really have to be tough and outweather difficult harvest years and crop failures and pests. And it, at the moment, it's been a tough year because this farm has been pasture for a long time and we've started horticultural projects and that's thrown the ecology out you know and it's going to be really interesting and diverse for the place but to start with we have you know tsunami waves of slugs and rabbits and rats and all sorts of things that um we are challenging you know um uh but it's possible. We wouldn't be here trying if we didn't know and believe it was. It's possible to make it work, and at least, um, you know, have a good standard of life that's humble but um, rich in experience and in connection to our surroundings. And, um, yeah, and make enough to warrant living here and to make it a feasible business. You know, we take it very seriously. You know, yeah, that's our our reason for being here is to have these thriving, um, growing projects. Yeah. So it's very worthwhile growing to begin with because you're um, producing something which is wholesome, which is good for you and your family. But of course, if you didn't have a customer base, if you didn't have people coming to buy what you're producing, there would be no point because unfortunately we all need to make money in the society we're in. So um, you said you were going to go out and try and find your customer base. Um, and will it be a case of selling from here or uh, eventually? Because you're selling to shops and restaurants right now, you said, businesses who are presumably um, using that produce in the restaurants to cook with, yes. to feed to it. That's fantastic. So you're going to get a rep reputation that way. Well, I want to ask you about happiness because that's what <laughs> that's what this uh, next issue is about. So um, can you say anything about happiness, please, about how... 
own personal happiness, but also perhaps what is happening in society, what is happening. Um, I mean, if you, have you done any activism at all, or are you politically minded? Um, well, there's a lot of questions there. That's right, Words. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was trying to find something that perhaps you yeah. could, could go towards. Yes, great, um, around happiness. Um, this is... Aristotle has that idea that the kind of the purpose of life is, is finding um, your work, your vocation, and then working at it. I've forgotten, here's a wonderful term for it, I can't bring to mind, but... Um, that really resonates with me and it's not you know happiness not being an end goal but actually a realm in which you work you know and having a craft having a vocation having a connection having a role in your community having a thing which you can be proud of um, and having a way in which you're proud to raise your children you know I think I think this is a very sort of deep and earthy kind of happiness. Happiness can take many forms, but this is the one that I'm really rooting into and enjoying and being in the realm of right now. That that happiness that comes from bloody hard work, but finding the thing that you want to work at and then doing it. Yeah, and then, to, you know, and, that's the way you, you you share that with people. Yeah. Are you aware that um, sort of? I think Matt was talking yesterday about um, manifesting positivity, and how it can help good things happen. Mm. I mean, you've got an amazing barn here and other buildings and a huge plot of land, so presumably yeah. some good things have been happening for you yeah. in the past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good things can happen, can't they? How has this come about? Is it hard work or more than that? Oh, I think... Again, I just, I keep quoting people, bear with me, but sometimes things, something just comes to mind. I think it's Picasso's that said, inspiration does strike, but it has to find you working. And I, and I keep thinking that luck is similar. Luck does strike, but it has to find you sort of ready to say yes, or working at something, or, you know, good fortune can be there, but you can have a negative mindset, or stop it, you can put blocks in the way. And sometimes I think of this in terms of agency as well, you know, what you're, what you're ready to do and what you're ready to take into your own power. And I think I have a friend who describes negative agency and how the kind of blocks that we hang on to, heavy things that we can hang on to that 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 get, can get in the way of us doing what we think we want to do. And that's all, none of that's wrong or bad or right even. It's just quite interesting to notice. Um, and so, uh, in terms of how do you make good things happen, um, I think believing good things can happen does help and I think working bloody hard helps <laughs> and I think knowing that it's good helps because then you know 
uh, knowing that you, you're lucky, knowing that a good thing has happened means you're doubly blessed, you know. <laughs> Superb, thank you. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you mm. that you would like to say that you think is important mm. um, for the sake of this interview? Anything that comes to mind? It doesn't have to be about happiness. Um, and I probably haven't asked you the right questions, but mm. or if you have a message for people listening. Um, I don't know if I have a message. I wonder who out, I wonder who is out there listening. Hello. Um, I sort of resolved that I was going to be, you know, maybe by myself in life and out on a limb and working quite hard. And I, I put my career. Profession first for years, you know, I travelled. Since I was 18, I moved every year. Um, and I put work first. And, it, you know, I found it difficult to settle down or be part of something. And um, these past four years coming to Bristol, finding, finding a way that I can grow that's not just for elite gardens. You know, it's a way that I can be productive and share it with people. It feels like it's got meaning and I feel like I can settle now. So that's, you know, finding Humphrey, finding a community, finding a way that I can work that feels positive. These things coming together. And so this little cavern that we put up on the farm as much as at the moment, it's illegal, you know, roughly. It's, it's, we're working on planning permission, but it feels like the most steady home I've had, even in the past two, three months, um, for decades and decades, maybe since I was a child. So um, it's quite amazing, isn't it? You know, just even in the space of a year or three years, how things can change. Just keep working on it. Well, what had you been doing before? Why why do you feel so settled now? I've been growing. I've been in horticulture since I was maybe 20, 21. So it's about 17, 16, 17 years. And that's feels... And, and I've been, you know, gardening my whole life. So that feels like part of what I do. But um, there's a lot of good people in gardening. But I... Um, just hadn't quite found the right thing. Hadn't quite found the right space to do it in, or the reason for doing it, or the way of sharing it with people. Um, now I grow flowers. You know, I grow flowers. This cut flower project called Peregrine, and it feels like a very beautiful way to use my skills and to bring some magic to the everyday for people, or to the big events for people. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Okay, I'm making another recording. First of all, I dropped the microphone, but I'm making a third recording now because often what happens after a conversation, after an interview, um, great words come out when the interviewee says they could have said this or could have said that. And I, I just suddenly realized actually there was a great deal more to what Rachel and Humphrey are doing here um, than the questions that produced the answers that Rachel gave me. Um, so after I finished recording, you mentioned the purple... Um, purple patch 
purple patch. What was that, Rachel? Oh, that's a little small holding in St Werburgh's in Bristol. It's sort of a, a cross between an old council small holding and a squat and a market garden and a hobby farm and it's all sorts of... Um, it's it's a quite magical place, like really in the heart of Bristol, but um, uh, you feel like you've left the city when you take this old lane. Have you ever been there? I don't think so. Oh, I'll put you in contact. Thank you. I've been to one of the street goat places. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know, but that was a site of an allotment. Yes. Um, I can't remember yeah. what it was, uh, what it was called. Yeah. Um, you, we also mentioned there was a great group of people, obviously, who I've been interviewing in Bristol, in the area, um, yeah. and also um, a lot of alternative people yeah. are quite sort of anti-society and quite angry. Yeah. But the group of people that you're with, you said, are, are working with what you've got. Yeah. I, was, uh, I think I was reflecting on how... There's all sorts of alternative culture, especially when you get to, you know, worlds of activism and some of it can be really angry at people and, you know, want to be outside of the norm of society for, you know, for good reason or, you know, uh, anyway, I was reflecting that the people you seem to be talking to this week are actually trying, trying to bring people along, you know, that's not it's fair enough it's fair enough to be angry and to like you know that's valid but uh and it's not that the people you're talking to haven't been or at some time but you know at the moment they're all part of projects or creating projects or or trying to build something where actually people can be part of it and create a movement and connect with each other and just do or be something bigger than themselves or ourselves you know a real uh, yeah um, yeah as far as happiness goes I can see that community is a very big part of I mean it's come up in other interviews about how being social and about having company can cause happiness but I can see it really um, it kind of brings all of this work that you're doing along mm. um, it's just like one massive great big movement and Matt was talking about networking mm. and having networks all across mm. the country yeah, it's so important. I I was part of this great community in Cardiff when I was 19, 20, 21. We talked about them and some of those were connected with Coit Hills. And um, I was just part of this great group of friends who were doing activism and circus and, you know, prom promoting green living and really beautiful people. And I moved up to Scotland to find my way into horticulture and I had I had this brilliant career I, you know I really got into it and it's wonderful but I, I was suddenly 500 miles from this amazing group of people and they weren't easy to find again and it you know it's it's really it, it's it's I thought I could just strike out and hold my own but the importance of finding people which you can build a movement and creating energy bring your ideas together that makes them possible it's so hard even with like-minded people around you it's so hard to bring projects to realization um like it takes a lot so do surround yourself with positive people who want to make it happen and prepared to put the work in because it will be hard anyway but at least you know you'll have people who want to you know get up and do it with you and will take the falls with you and offer brainstorm ideas you know people who give support and help each other out and you know you need to build that energy as a group to draw more people in 
and um, yeah, I think that's how we're going to create some positive progression 